Welcome to MindLob, the hive mind antidote for conservative Christians that want to form their own conclusions. And now your host, Ken Carroll. Welcome back. This episode, we're getting ready to turn the corner and head back to Genesis, which culminates in, well, an encounter with evil. And so what I wanted to do was build a bridge that goes from the last uh, episode we had back toward Genesis and this concept of evil. And uh, so what I've done was I ran across some quotes by Overstock.com entrepreneur Patrick Byrne. Now, Patrick Byrne uh, had his interpretation of the last election. And I wanted to start by pulling a few quotes. His first quote is, The election systems that govern elections in America are a joke. On a scale of 1 to 10 to hack, there may be a 2. There a 2 at best, maybe a 1. Now, another quote is, If the Supreme Court turns a blind eye to the proof and that we have, then there will never be election integrity again. At the end of the day, no repercussions if they let that stand. And the goons will never be stopped again. So, at a glance, you may think that Patrick Byrne is a Republican. However, he's not. He's not a Democrat either. He's an independent. And I believe, by his definition, he'd say independent with the little letter I. In an interview that I listened to, he said that this was about America and the integrity of America. And so these are some pretty powerful statements that he had made. Now, he also had said some other interesting things too. I'm going to read you from another paper that was released. And uh, so it reads this, equivalent to two Powerball victories in a row. Imagine some, imagine you were in a city that was 96% Democrat and you had 100 people come in randomly and vote. The chance that all 100 would vote for Biden is 1.6% and the calculation is 0.96 raised to the 100th power. It's 1.6% percent. That's 60 to 1 against the chance. What if you have a thousand people come in and vote for Biden in a row? If 96 percent of a thousand voter city were Democrat and a thousand people were voting Biden in a row, that's about a quadrillion to one. That's about the chance of two Powerball victories in a row. So what he's doing is making the argument that the numbers as him and his team were evaluating how they were coming in and the calculations, he's proposing that it's astronomically improbable that this election was legitimate. Now, as an independent, That probably gives some credence to some people. 
However, this is a man without really a dog in the fight other than his contention that he is concerned about America. And so, what does this say? Do we just discredit this person? Do we offset it with the nameless acronym organizations that say everything is fine? There's nothing to look at. Now, most of us, we just simply won't know the answer. And that's a reality, and we need to come to terms with that. But I don't think we should be dismissive at the same time, because there seems to be a lot of issues surrounding this last election. And if Mr. Byrne is correct, then what he is contending is that America is forever changed. As would be indicated in the last uh, podcast, where we would make the argument that if bad guys do bad things and they're not caught, they will continue to do bad things. So there's a lot at stake. I mean, serious concern needs to be raised. And it would make sense that if a large part of the population has lost faith in the election, then possibly something more should be done. And as I was processing this, I was thinking of the book by George Orwell. Animal Farm is the name of the book. And there's an interesting quote. Um, So basically, let me tell you about the book. So what happens is, is it's uh, it's a piece that he wrote, and it's about a farm. And at the beginning of the farm, there are farmers. And the farmers get run off the farm from disgruntled animals and they create their own set of commandments and their own means to live by and as the book progresses the pigs start to take more and more liberties on the farm they even go so far as to rewrite the commandments so that it leverages them more freedom and at the end of the book There's a very interesting quote. It says, the creatures outside, so imagine all the farm animals looking outside the main farmhouse and in the farmhouse. And so it says, the creatures outside look from pig to man, because now pig is talking to man, and from man to pig, and from pig to man again. But already it was impossible to say which was which. And so when we look at the uh, process and we look at what happened, then we have to ask the question when we look at Democrats and Republicans, are we looking at an animal farm situation? Is it one of these where we are not seeing uh, two different groups and two different ideologies? Could it be the worst part of mankind? have discovered creating contention breeds the opportunity for power, financial gain, and the feeding of a corrupt sociopathic ego? Or is this simply two ideologies in a struggle for survival where coexistence seems no longer possible? We have liberal views and conservative views. We have uh, pro-life, pro-abortion, pro-God, anti-God. We have 
really these polar opposites. And so unfortunately, anything short of a fair election, regardless of the rationale, translates to the epitaph of this great experiment known as the United States. This epitaph would be written by the blood of fallen champions, of good that believed in basic human rights, such as free speech, the ability to defend oneself, expression, and even freedom. You see, without instruments that are fundamental for humanity, course correction in the face of consensus would never have been possible. This would include women's rights, the equality of races, and the compassion for oppressed cultures like Native Americans. And if this is the case, then what does this say about technology? I mean, do we live in a place where technology and all of its splendors reveals the inescapable frailty of mankind expressed by these online technical giants that seem to cover their ears as they cower at the consideration of free thought that goes against the grain of their creator's ideology. You know, I saw this ad, and this ad was by a technology company, very popular technology company, and it shows these revolutionary icons in front of their technology. It's a black and white shot, very simply, and it jumps from person to person. And so what, what it basically showed was that, you know, their, their product is associated with freedom and revolution. But the problem is that now it's become a parody because the icons that are hoisted as rebels have now become the norm. Why now the true rebels are those that dare to stand in the adversity of being bit-burned or digitally erased by standing for ideas, morals, and ethics that are marginalized by the bureaucrats of thought control, policed by the giants that fearfully guard the bandwidth of their virtual world. Yes, this would mean traditional values, purity, and virtue are the new revolutionary qualities. And if your most cherished beliefs can be programmed into technology and AI, they can also be demonized by the creators that become the arbitrary arbitrators of this morality. So what do I mean by that? Well, if we're going to have technology, is it even possible for us to escape the concept that this technology is going to have a bias attached to it. You know, true strength is in the struggle of understanding and tolerating opposing thoughts in the face of adversity. There's nothing edgy about being so afraid of a concept that the mere idea of letting its existence must be silenced at all cost. I think of book burning re-education camps. Those are concentration camps. And intellectuals that even today resort to bullying and name-calling rather than rational conversation. I can tell you 
that I find self-growth more in the dialogue of conflicting ideas rather than in the echoes of bias confirmation. And if this is tech, it's sad. And it must go in the name of the human soul. Now, of course, this is the if, not the is, that we're dealing with here. Because it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to wonder. And so, forcing someone to agree with your thoughts is like that of a dictator. While allowing a free market of ideas expresses confidence in one's worldview and ultimately allows objective truth to find the surface. This is what is lost if Mr. Byrne is right and if technology is permitted to act like a passive-aggressive kid, then the tools of propaganda, manipulation, and repetition will lead to the same brainwashing that flooded historic Germany and dehumanized an entire race into almost extinction. And then if this is true, this could show us that technology, no matter how it's attempted to be guided by freedom and altruism, will ultimately become tainted with the human frailty of self-serving motivations determined to suppress the reality of truth and goodness of our Creator. In other words, the sinful nature of mankind will inevitably infiltrate anything man creates and therefore can serve as a reinforcement of how egregious the act of what took place in the Garden of Eden was and is telling about the wisdom of God and his creation and how he dealt with his creation in Genesis and its reconciliation through the New Testament. Now, if this is true, we need to be careful who we listen to as our cheerleaders and our truth priest. This would include those who carry the red banner in politics and news. Do you not think if they figured out how to get a whole generation of women to start smoking by calling them simply torches of freedom, don't you think they would also know how to prop up puppets that will play their flute and mesmerize you to the slaughter? It's not that difficult to understand human nature. We want champions. We want our cause to be fought for. It's part of human nature. And to prop up someone on both ends leverages the game. It doesn't matter who wins at that point. So, could ultimate forms of goodness only be understood and manifested in reality after they are scrutinized in the marketplace of free thought? And if this is true, is it equally true that trying to manifest a form of good in an echo chamber of bias confirmation and perversion will only lead to a shallow form of what we all hunger to experience in its fullness? What if good can only be found in the light when it reveals the shadows of our own evils? Robbie Zacharias passed away last year. I enjoyed listening to him. I considered him extremely brilliant when it came to human insight. And he once warned us to be careful of confusing the rights of the individual and the freedom to choose their path with championing their choices. 
You see, the goodness is in allowing people to make their choices and will likely not be the choices that they make. But by having the ability to hear opposing views, each of us are able to continue on a path of evil or change our course to discover truth and objective meaning while escaping the subjective causes that we chase. And if we flip the card back to these gatekeepers, these tech giants, if they are truly trying to silence uh, certain views, this would make those gatekeepers who assume that role thought gods, their enemies of both those that agree with their decrees as well as those in opposition. They stand in the way of finding fulfillment and objective truth and all these things that the human soul hungers to have. They've become nothing more than both the Pied Piper and the Firing Squad. Both parties lead to destruction of good and the bad. So when you see thought dictators act in a tantrum, it's likely because the truth is so intimidating to them that they have no choice but to excommunicate it from their sight for the fear of the light. Or it could be your heart in dire need of salvation from the deception of the reality in which you're chasing. You see, humans, this is me, this is you, you know, we, we don't want the conflict. We, we always want this comfort. And for some reason, we have this good and bad fight within us that Scripture reveals to us. Sometimes we want to chase the things we shouldn't chase, and if we chase them too long, our heart becomes hardened to those things. And all this began in the book of Genesis. All this began in the initial creation. And this is why we have this fight between good and between evil. Now, I'm not saying absolutely that this is the case in which we live. I do think of what I would consider very benign conservative groups that I personally wouldn't necessarily endorse or even listen to. But when I find them silenced by big tech, I have to ask the question, what are they so afraid of? What is so fearful that they have to be digitally assassinated? That they don't even deserve a response as to what the offense was before they were silenced. It almost seems dictatorial. It almost seems like a new version of concentration camps where if you don't go along with the thought process, if you don't go along with the narrative, then you don't deserve to talk. So what would happen if this was done in the 1900s, early in the 1900s? What would have happened to women's rights? What would have happened if this same silencing would have happened by a group that didn't want Martin Luther King to speak? What happens today when we want to self-correct by hearing opposing thoughts? What does this mean about America if Patrick Byrne is correct? 
What can we learn from Genesis as we move back and we look at the days of creation? We look at what man adds to it. We look at how the arrogance of man tries to reconcile concepts of Genesis with a finite understanding that historically has always proven to be inaccurate. This is what we're going to continue to explore as we move on. So a uh, special thank you to my wife. She allows me to do this podcast and take away from time with the uh, family and everything. And I'm just really grateful for her support. Uh, she's also helping me cultivate and work through how we're doing the podcast. Also, I would recommend that you go to mindlob.com. Again, that's mindlob.com and sign up. I've got a free membership area. I am not posting to certain places with certain types of content because it appears that it's frowned upon. And I think that's sad that even that thought crosses my mind, to be honest with you. But what's really good is that I'm also seeing the resurrection of smaller entities that people are now are they're so hungry to express themselves and their own ideas and they're tired of living in a uh, an environment where they don't feel like they can talk and so now they're starting to flood to rumble they're starting to flood to uh, parlor will be back up you know there's gab.com there's another platform called minds.com and so I welcome you to check those out. Uh, see what you think. I would hate to think that the free market of ideas is going to be segmented into different platforms. But at this point, I don't see how that they can coexist. Um, minus something like uh, Parler. I mean, when we look at it, it seems optimistic that he does want to allow both left and right thought in this great ability to discuss different ideas and come up with the conclusions of what is best for us as a group. But outside of these new pop-ups, I'm really concerned that uh, that won't happen and will become more and more polarized both in reality and virtually. I hope that I'm wrong. I truly hope that I'm wrong. And I truly hope that uh, we can find our way through these uh, waters and we can learn to uh, appreciate and learn from each other. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you listening. You know, our last podcast episode, it had more listeners in the first week than any previous podcast. We're reaching more and more countries and more and more cities within those countries. And I truly feel that this is something that I need to be doing. I had someone once tell me that there are two things in life, you know, within a certain segment. But, you know, one is what you do, and the other one is why you were put here. And I really feel I'm put here to have these kinds of discussions. I do something else entirely for my profession. And you listening to me means a lot to me because you're allowing me to engage in thought with you about ideas 
And uh, so thank you so much for just giving me that opportunity. I truly appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit mindlob.com to learn more.